Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will mm. fall out of balance. Mm. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon Show. See, everybody's got their glass. We are super excited today. Number one, everybody's drinking, so we're excited about that. Uh, but, but number two, uh, he's, he's already started laughing, so you may recognize the voice. Uh, 2015 inductee in the Georgia Tech Sports Hall of Fame, 18-year career with the Yellow Jackets, 11-time winner, Georgia Sportscaster of the Year. Uh, if you just heard that laugh, you might recognize him now as the voice of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, so, um, Wes Durham, welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure, Cal. Dan, great to be with you guys. Uh, love this concept. Love the idea. You guys do a fun job. I think your Instagram stuff's awesome. Uh, I like anybody that values cocktails and birdies. So there we go. I'm all about that. <laughs> in the off season, I'm your in the off season when mid March is over and basketball finishes. I'm your guy. There you I'm go. <laughs> there you go. We'd like yeah. to hear that. Yeah. Well, we'll have to uh, we'll go ahead and say thanks to uh, John Tattersall for mm. uh, g- giving us a common link so we could get connected. So, uh, so we we appreciate uh, appreciate him coming on the show and giving us the opportunity to uh, to get to know each other and, and have you on. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, hold on. So, so there's two. There was one elephant in the room that I wanted to go ahead and get out, but you've created another elephant in the room. What's okay. in the glass? Uh, this is Old Forester 1924. Uh, the Prohibition line Ooh. and my friend john frankowski who's a golf buddy of mine from down in kennesaw uh i'm almost exclusively brown foreman woodford reserve uh now i do branch out to some interesting lines and you know small batch and stuff like that is is my wheelhouse um and i'm also almost exclusively bourbon i mean that's the other yeah. thing too some guys are gin tonic some guys vodkas I, i'm almost always bourbon mm. um so John Frankowski, uh, during the quarantine, sent me a picture of the old Forester 1924 and said, hey, you got to try this because I know how much you like double oak. And oh, yeah. Woodford Reserve double oak is like, that's my go-to. And so he sent me to the, he sent me to the right place. Um, this is really good. I enjoy it. Uh, and I had a bottle open and I thought, well, I've seen you guys have cocktails, so I figured it'd be good to <laughs> go ahead and, and partake while we talk. Yeah, so Dan, I won't be the only uh, intoxicated <laughs> one on the show this time. You can pick on somebody else, buddy. <laughs> I have a feeling he's going to be more more professional than you, Cal. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, the, questions hey. probably, the questions probably get better the more he drinks. Is that it, Dan? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Be- better, better is a better is an interesting way to put it. <laughs> they, they get more interesting. So I gotcha. uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, uh, Wes, before we get started, so I know you got a morning show on Sirius XM uh, on the ACC channel, Packer Durham. You want to plug anything before we get going? Yeah, we're on television. Is a radio show that started in March of 2018 with Mark Packer, who everybody may know if they follow Sirius XM and ESPNU Radio 84 does the afternoon show off campus. And, and Mark is Billy's son. Of course, it was a longtime college basketball ass Hall of Famer and should be. And Mark and I kind of grew up on similar lines, but never really knew one another. Uh, he had had a longtime radio show in Charlotte that I had appeared on occasionally. Um, and when Sirius XM, who I had kind of developed a relationship with uh, when I left Georgia Tech and went to television. 
In fact, I was appearing on Mark's off-campus show every Wednesday. And um, when SiriusXM decided to develop these conference channels in March of 18, they started with the ACC, the SEC, and the Pac-12. And uh, Mike Mazvinsky had talked to Mark, and Mike runs college radio for uh, all the college channels for SiriusXM, and Steve Cohen, who's their vice president of sports. And Maz called me and said, hey, look, Mark has said you might be interested in, in doing radio. And we had moved to Cartersville in 2015, and I was doing the TV, obviously, with Fox on the ACC package, plus the Falcons. And I said, look, if you're willing to let me kind of fit in, I'd love to do it. And Mark and I hit it off, and we never really worked together. We knew each other kind of, and but we had both grown up around the league. I had worked in the league. He'd worked in Charlotte, obviously, since the mid-'90s on radio. He's as gifted in the talk format, Cal and Dan, as anybody I've ever been with. Um, creates great topics, creates great ideas. We have a lot of fun talking old-school ACC. Um, and we really try and focus. We have two common rules on the show. Uh, the old radio show, and we carried them over to when we started television almost a year ago on ACC Network. And that is, we do our damnedest to try and mention all 15 institutions in every show. Hmm. Something That's about nice. all 15 institutions. Cool. Second thing we're trying to do is, um, we don't pay attention to recruiting. Hmm. We're not getting into the whole recruiting thing. Sure. Uh, number one, it's complex. Number two, there are far more people who have more time to worry about you know, where kids are going to go play their college careers. And then we'll bring them on to tell us. And, you know, they'll tell us who's having a good, you know, a good recruiting class or whatever it means to their particular program. So those were the two kind of pillars. And then the third one is we're going to be informative and we're going to try and be entertaining. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're not going to, you know, we're not going to hassle somebody. We're not going to chase somebody's job. We're not going to chase a coach to be fired. We're not going to chase a coach to be hired. But we are going to be trying to be informative and entertaining and, uh, and be as timely as possible. And after about a year and a half, we were approached by ESPN, who obviously was developing the ACC network a year ago and launching in August of, of 19. They asked us if, uh, if we wanted to do it and move the show in that direction. Sirius XM was for it. And Mark and I agreed it, it might be a really good opportunity. And so... Um, a little bit of a leap of faith. Uh, I went to Charlotte, obviously, last summer to start doing the show out of his basement, which airs now back at – we're back on three hours, uh, 7 to 10. Uh, like everything in sports, the pandemic shut us down in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came back on the air in June uh, doing two hours. And as you guys can tell, I'm <laughs> in my office in Cartersville, uh, and that's where we're going to be for the foreseeable future. But we're back to three hours, and – Good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, and we can calm the disease down, the virus down. We'll have football, and we'll be back to what I would call the new normal here pretty soon, I hope. Well, that's a great lead-in. Uh, it is called uh, Birdies and Bourbon, but uh, since, we, since we've got the voice on here, we, i, I got to go. The, so the other, the, the elephant in the room that I really wanted to ask you, sure. where are we going to wind up at, man? What, what's your forecast? Well, what's my forecast on Saturdays, or what's my forecast for Sundays? Because it's two very different – lines when you start talking about playing college football and playing the NFL. I mean, and unfortunately, people are kind of blurred a little bit on the idea of this bubble and what that means. The term bubble for the NBA, just to give you guys a quick synopsis, synopsis rather, the bubble for the NBA is a $171 million investment to finish that season. Okay. Major League Baseball has a bubble 
and you've seen in some cases where the bubble is burst, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, the Marlins finished their preseason in Atlanta, and they think it's a good idea to go clubbing in Buckhead. Okay, <laughs> um, you know, some just misstep by the Cardinals and the Phillies, and all of a sudden the Cardinals have a problem. Yeah. So you have to understand that what the NFL is going to try and do is not the not the NBA, and it's certainly better than Major League Baseball. And the NFL is doing that by creating tiers within each franchise. And I think the NFL has a chance. But for us to go into this and think there are not going to be bumps or positives out of it, that'd be that'd be a mistake. Well, every every other sport that's done it, they I mean, we've seen it, right? I mean, sure. it's, yeah, everybody's I mean, had a bump. So yeah, and the one that hasn't is the one hundred and seventy-one million dollar investment. So that's yeah. the one you need to you know take that and put it on the high shelf, and then live in the reality <laughs> of down here, right? Right. Um, and even we're not through the NBA now. We could still have a positive somewhere along the way, mm-hmm. but. The chances they've they've done a hell of a job of reducing the chance for sure. College athletics is in an interesting spot because number one, you're dealing with different universities, public or private. You're dealing with different conferences, different geographical footprints. No matter the leagues you talk about, there are some crossovers. Certainly with the ACC and SEC, you know that they cross over in sure. in a handful of states. I think you have to be cognizant of the fact that the most difficult piece of this and the thing that I was told by coaches in June after they got their kids back on campus and went through the first series of testing, Calendan, is that the coaches from that day forward, their biggest concern was not getting their teams right. It was the reintegration of the general student population back on campuses. Yeah, Take any campus you want in the country, whether it's Notre Dame with 13,000, Texas with 43,000, they're going to be positives. Mm-hmm. How long are we willing to live in that world with the positives? Mm-hmm. Um, what's it going to mean to the product? I don't know. We've already seen some schools and some conferences have gone conference only. We've seen you know, best intentions of the Big Ten and the Pac-12, and they said, nope, we're not even going to try it. The American and Conference USA are going to move forward. The Mountain West, who I thought had two of the really more interesting teams nationally in Boise State and San Diego State, decided they're not going to play. Sometimes you just don't even want to get into the financials involved mm, in yeah. trying to play. And the financials are significant. Right. There are schools that have budgeted seven figures to testing for student-athletes. Wow. And some schools, quite frankly, well, they can't afford, afford it, right? They yeah. can't afford it. That's right. And I think you have to be looking at how much you're willing to invest at yeah. the end of the day to put a product on the field because you don't know, as we tape this today – you don't know that you're going to be allowed to have fans in the seats. Now, some are saying, well, we'll let 20% in. Well, we'll let this in. We'll let X in. You don't know that. And you don't know if you're going to do it, if you'll be able to do it for the season. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I'm originally from East Tennessee, and I was just in Knoxville this past weekend, and and they're pretty bullish on, uh, we're going to have fans. Now, they didn't give any defining terms around, uh, you know, what does we're going to have fans mean, right? Does that mean if you've got a box, you get to come in, we're going to split the seats out? So that's There's a reason they were vague. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because they don't know either, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you saw, I'm sure you did, uh, Kansas City, they just announced yesterday or today, they said they're definitely going to have fans. Now, they did say, I think it was 25 percent or they gave some low variable of of what it was going to be. But, you know, still. Well, I can tell you in talking to collegiate athletic administrators, they have done something called social distance efficiency, where they have ratioed their stadiums, both the general seating bowls and the suites and things like that that you're talking about. 
and they have created a quote figure or a percentage of that seating capacity and 25%. It, it varied in some places, 23% and others, it was as high as maybe 29. And I think quite frankly, that's probably the ballpark you're going to have an opportunity for fans to go into, but are they going to be willing to go in, have their forehead scan? And I don't know that this will happen, but I'm just going to suspect go in, get your forehead scan for a temperature. Um, you know, are you going to be willing to sit with two other people who you typically sit with, but away from everybody right. else who you sit with, right? Yeah. A- again, it's going to be patience. It's going to be accountability. It's going to be a degree of responsibility on behalf of everybody, players, sure. coaches, broadcasters. We're going to end up doing games in entirely different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to be prepared for that. And I think we also have to understand it's a pandemic. I mean, we're yeah. dealing with things that we've never dealt with for certainly in the modern era, and, uh, boy, it's been 102 years since we've last seen something like this. Mm. Yeah, I had a chance to play Sweetens Cove over the weekend. Ooh. And, I, and uh, yeah, we, we, I, yeah, we're not going to make this all that football. I promise Good. we'll get into that. But, I mean, I can't, I can't resist, man. I mean, that, it's, uh, I've got the voice here. I can't resist the question. But just okay. in comparison, so I was talking with the golf. He's a golf coach uh, for a high school uh, in Chattanooga. Mm. And he said that they just started football. I think last week, last Thursday, they had their first high school football game. Right. And but but kids still aren't allowed in school. And he's you know, he was kind of going through the protocol and such. And it was, um, uh, you know, everybody's in line waiting to get in and then they're taking people's temperatures. Sure. Well, shit, you stand there for, you know, I don't know, at a high school game. It's probably not ours. But now look at a college game or a professional game and you could be standing there for, you know, well over an hour, maybe two. And you get to the, you know, you get to your, uh, your temperature checker and he scans you and you're running a little hot. And it's like, Hey, Wes, you can't come in. Mm-hmm. Well, what about the people I just, uh, stood in line with for the past two hours? And yeah, I mean, yeah, just the scenario that's kind of weird. Look, you know, I, and, it's and crazy. That's what we're going to have to deal with though. And people are going to have to understand. And, you know, I know one of the things that was announced in Kansas city is facial coverings. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, and you know. We all know where that's gone. That topic alone has gone, right? Yeah. But if you want to go, that's the way we have to go in 2020. And look, you know, you just hope we can get our arms around it, calm this thing down, and, you know, maybe sooner than later. And I I think that's why you've seen here this week, I I think you've seen Nick Saban be very passionate about it. You've seen other coaches across the country get very passionate. They now know we're to the boiling point on this. Mm -hmm. It's a boiling point of do or don't. Um. And look, we all want to play. Media wants to play. Nobody's trying to kill college athletics, right? I mean, we're all trying to play. We yeah. all want to play. I mean, you know, some of us need them to play. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's what we do. And yeah. so I think you have to understand that, you know, everybody's impacted by this. And, and we've already had enough stress on this. Now, I mean, you know, just look at the economy and the jobs and all that type thing sure. that, you know, we want to enjoy the things we enjoy, like college football or, or things like that. We need, we really need to find a way to get it calmed down. All right, this is my last football question. I pro- well, I'm not going to promise, <laughs> but I'm going to try to make it my last football question. All right. So Dan and I were talking uh, over the weekend, and uh, who is Nick Saban? Who, who's going to hire Nick Saban to be a consultant? Should they not go back? Who's he going to be consulting for in the NFL? Sneaky P, Billy B, who is it? <laughs> wow. Um, you know, I don't think he'll I, – I think when he's done at Alabama, he's done. 
No, oh, really? Yeah, I, oh. I think when he's done, I think he's done. I, no, no, I mean, I mean, if the if we don't make if college football doesn't come back, if SEC doesn't elect to play, you think he's he's going to play golf? Yeah, he'll be at Lake Burton or you know Reading Beach on the golf in Florida or whatever. He's not he's not really interested in in going to that that route at all. Okay. Uh, I just think they're. I, I think he's he's kind of done with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't know him particularly well. I mean, I've been around sure. him a handful of times, and I've always enjoyed the, the conversations we've had. But I just don't – I don't ever get the feel from people that do know him that that that's, a, that that's a carrot to him anymore. I think he had that spin and said, you know what, that's not what I thought it would be. And yeah, shouldn't have picked the, uh, <laughs> the football team of America. What, the, what, what is Washington now, the, the Washington football team? No, that's Spurrier that went there. Oh, Saban sorry, went you're to, right. Saban right. went to Miami. That's right, that's right. Now, that's we, right. We, could go, we could go chapter verse on Spurrier to Washington, but, you know, that's you – know, oh, that, that, That's for pigskins and bourbon. Not yes. for- <laughs> Steve, Steve came back and decided he wanted to coach, uh, you know, he wanted to coach at South Carolina and, you know, rebuild the program. And, and his career, fine. It, it ended fine, too, even yeah. though he – you know, got out in the middle of the year, but that's actually probably appropriate to the legacy he had anyway, is just kind of the gambler and the risk taker. But yeah, yeah, sure. um I think I think Nick when he's done, he's done. And if they yeah. don't play this year for some reason or another to your question, I he's fine being at Lake Burton trying to zoom recruit yeah. and do the new things coaches have to do to survive. That's interesting, yeah. All right, on to the more important things. So I mentioned <laughs> sweet I mentioned Sweetens Cove a minute ago and I got a little rise out of you. Have you yeah. played it? Have you played yeah. it? I went June 11th. Uh, I was supposed to go tragic story of my golf career. <laughs> I was supposed to go a year ago uh, when it was still not the wildly popular place that it has now become. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think Adamski and those guys and Rob Collins is just, they've, mm-hmm. they've done a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went this year in June and loved it. Uh, I don't know that I would want to play it every day, but it's Understood. fantastic. Um, I think the... The landscape, the the way they cut it, the the green complexes, obviously. But I just like the way the golf course sits for your eye. Um, and we had fun. A couple buddies of mine from Cartersville, Tom Hart, who's on the SEC Network as a friend, and he went with us. And you know, we had a blast. We played twenty seven holes. We played it three times. Uh, we played white the first nine, blue the second nine, and then pick your flag on Combo. the third nine. Yeah, yeah, and it was fun. And I uh, can't wait to go back and. You know, here if, if all of a sudden they they sack the bats on a football season collegiately, you know there's a, there's a real good chance I might have a weekend pass in my future somewhere along the way. But um, it was a great experience, and uh, I'm glad I went. I was supposed to go a year ago, and I tore a tendon in my foot literally Ooh, the day before cool. I was supposed to go, mm. <laughs> um, and had to go into a boot for uh, about sixty days. But uh, it was worth the wait. I was I was thrilled, and uh, I'm a big fan of those guys. I'm really excited about what they're doing out in Nebraska. I think I think that that track has got that's got a lot of the Sweetens effect to it, and I'm kind of curious as to uh, as to how that ends up too. Yeah, it's going to kind of. So I played with uh, again the the golf coach that I mentioned. Uh, so I guess he's the uh, he's the OG member. So he's the <laughs> when Sweetens went into effect, he's the first member of the club. Wow. Okay. And and he played it uh, prior to Sweetens. It was uh, Sequatchie Valley. So he played yeah. there regularly. He's uh, South Pittsburgh native. You know, born and raised. Okay. And uh, you know, we were talking as we were playing, and you know, I was kind of you know just kind of picking his brain. You know, what was it like before? What's it like now? And you know, he's like, it's. Uh, you you know, before it was, you know, it was probably the um, uh, trying to compare. You know, it was the Bobby Jones of uh, of Atlanta, right? I mean, it's like it was everything was flat. old Bobby Jones, old, yeah, 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 old, yeah, Bobby, yeah, Jones. old Bobby Jones, exactly, yeah. old Bobby Jones. But you know, he's like everything. You know, it was just kind of just 
straight ahead, yeah. no tricks, no triggers, no bells and whistles. And, you know, as we were talking and we talked about the Nebraska course and, you know, where Rob kind of brought some stuff in, you know, he had to bring some earth in and, and build that place up. And I think he's doing exactly the opposite in Nebraska. He's having to cut it down. So, I mean, he's got more landscape to work with, if that's a fair statement. Yeah. But uh, but it, it's kind of a, it's, so it's going to be interesting to see what he did with something that was just a, you know, a, a floodplain and, and he build, built it up into a golf course versus now he's in the Ozarks, I guess. And he's going out and carving out the golf course there. So, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, morning and night as far as uh, the, the comparison in the two. But I, I think, in, you know, I came to golf through my dad's love of the game and my younger brother by seven and a half years is a really good player and he grew up playing with my dad and my golf really kind of matured after I got out of college and started playing on a regular basis, especially in the off season. And now it's my thing. Um, it's what I do. But I, I tell everybody, my fascination with architecture now is probably at an all-time high. I haven't been able to go to Scotland once and Ireland twice and now play some of these places you know, here in the States. I, I'm always fascinated by what guys like Rob Collins do. And I, yeah. last weekend, two weekends ago, I was in, uh, in North Carolina at Tobacco Road, mm -hmm. which like Mike Strance did. Mm -hmm. And it's become one of my favorite golf courses. And people go, well, I, you know, that place drives me crazy. Well, that's kind of why it's one of my favorites <laughs> is it drives you crazy. Yeah, exactly. And I compare, and, and I hope Rob takes this as, as a compliment, I compare Tobacco Road and Sweetens. They're kind of in the same, you know, genre, if you will. Um, big green complexes, lots of undulation, uh, some blind shots, some tough shots. If you hit it to the wrong third of the green, you got a chance to miss. You got a chance for it to roll off. And I just think every once in a while, those kind of golf courses, uh, although at, at Tobacco Road, they do have a course rating and a slope, which they don't at Sweetens, which I love too. Um <laughs> But I, I think those kind of courses are, are the kind that help you, you know, find your blind spot in your game. I mean, yeah. you, you play them occasionally. Sure. They help you find the blind spot. Well, you know, I don't hit hybrids as well as I thought I'd do. Or, you know, my, my pitch game at 75 yards, I've always thought I was pretty good on a regular golf course, but I get here and it's a disaster. Oh, yeah. um, and I think that's really kind of what Sweetens is the challenge about that. And it's a great, I mean, a great buddies course. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it oh, might the, be the, the the, the best buddies environment you can have in the country, I think. Yeah, the the it, while the course is fantastic, right? You, I don't think you could say a bad thing about it, other, other than uh, where's the other nine holes at, right? <laughs> g g give me, give me, give me more. Uh, but just the environment that you walk into with the Damsky there, I yeah. mean, that dude, what an addition to that golf course. And just uh, you know, when you show up, if it's an all day pass, and he's kind of giving the spiel about uh, here's what we're going to do today, here's the expectations the rules are there are no rules pretty much you know it's uh yeah it, it's a hell of a, a day spent yeah. at a golf course that i don't know where i've never i've ne i've had a lot of great times on a golf course i've never had that kind of experience where the goal is for you to have a good time yeah and i think it would be um i think it's one of the places where you can take you know and, and we're talking a lot about football here it's the perfect golf course to go tailgate mm. yeah I mean, like you get there in the morning and if you got the right guy in your group who can fi figure out the breakfast and the Bloody Marys, <laughs> you play the nine behind the breakfast, you play 18, you come back and you have a little lunch and some cold beers, you go play 18 more and then you figure out, well, damn, I might be able to squeeze nine more in. Then you come back and all of a sudden you're eating, you know, sliced steak sandwiches and drinking red wine or bourbon or whatever the case may be. That's it's right. the kind of place you could take 16 guys, play four foursomes, 
create some cosmic game and just have a hell of a time. And that's, and that really, it, when I describe it to my brother who hasn't been there is I said, it's the kind of place, if you go with a buddy, it's fine. If you go though, you almost won't take eight guys mm, and figure yeah. out how to play all day. And, right. and by the way, kudos to them. I think that weekend pass deal, that's, that, that is a sensational idea. Yeah. That place. Hell, hell of sure. a marketing scheme right there for sure. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, that, absolutely. It, 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 it worked. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I was there and I think there was a group of uh, 15 uh, was the, the, the large group. There were obviously more people on the course. But uh, so you mentioned Tobacco Road. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to bounce around on you a little bit if you don't mind. So I, sure. I had a chance to play. I haven't played Tobacco Road yet, but I played Caledonia. I don't know <laughs> if you've played that. It's kind of yeah. Surfside in South Carolina. So another Mike Strantz course and what a track that is, man. I mean, that place is just uh, uh, I've I've seen Tobacco Road again. I haven't played it. But they look a lot different. But, you, but yeah, still, I, I think just visually, though, and, and kind of what you get, I get, I can see a lot of similarities in the two, but two completely different courses. Yeah, Caledonia and, and and Tobacco Road. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, Caledonia was built, and I know a little bit more about Caledonia and True Blue because my dad used to vacation. My mom and dad used to spend a lot of time at Pauly's Island in the summer. And so they got to oh, become yeah, sure. friends with Doc Latchcott, who's a, a real estate guy down there who helped uh, Mike and those guys design those properties, Caledonia and also True Blue across the street. Yep, True Blue is the strands design that I think probably is most reminiscent of a coastal tobacco road, if you will. Mm. Okay. Uh, it's, it's got the sand and the, and the waste areas. Uh, Caledonia to me is a, it's, it's a nice golf course and it doesn't have a range and people say, why don't they have a range? Well, they ran out of land. They didn't have enough <laughs> land for the range. Um, right. and that's a true story. They had to buy, if you go in and play Caledonia, you see the hole that's across the street. I think it's 10, yeah. uh, that's across the street. They had to actually go buy that land in order to finish the golf course. Uh, oh, really? because they were out of land. And so Strance early on drew the property they asked him to go back and draw it again, and they took the range out then, whatever range was going to be, because right. they ran out of land. And the par threes, there are a couple of them that are really short, and they're kind of squeezed in. So if you know that going in, it's a, it's a better indicator of what kind of golf course you're going to see. Um, gets tremendous play now. I played Caledonia when it was 18 months old for the first time. And oh, wow. it was the maturity of an 18-month-old golf course was phenomenal, but you knew it was going to be – special when it got when it got older yeah down and, yeah. and then we actually played uh we got to ride around with this gentleman mr latchcott uh, my brother my dad and i got to ride around with him before they uh before they finished true blue and you could see the true blue was going to be you know a big monster mm. and it is i mean it's a, it's a hard golf course uh if you you bite off more than you can chew on the tee box there you're in for a long day i mean so do you, they, you prefer true blue over no, no. cali no, yeah. I love Caledonia. I like yeah. the originality of Caledonia. I like the uniqueness of it. And really, that kind of, you know, I, I like playing period. Um, yeah. And I like I like the idea of playing any golf course a couple times. But if I have to pick one, I, and I've played Tothill Farm. I have played Tobacco Road. I haven't played Royal New Kent. I know a bunch of people that have. Um, and obviously, yeah. the two at the beach. Yeah, you're a Elon alumni. You're uh, you're North Eastern North Carolina guy. Dan's sitting in Raleigh right now. Oh, okay. Speak, so, yeah, yeah, he's uh, 
He's he's a member of the Wolf Pack, so don't yeah, yeah. Uh, don't hate don't, on him too much. Yeah, don't but, hate on me for that. <laughs> no, 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 it's all good. I'm uh I'm the Hard Rock Cafe now, Dan. I love all and serve all, man. I'm not. Uh, I may I may have grown I may have grown up a Carolina fan, worked 18 years at Georgia Tech, but I love all and serve all at this point. Nice. So I'm, uh, nice. Yeah, and you know, and I went to high school in Apex, so I. Uh, uh, when I left that area after high school and went to Elon, it was funny. You know, everybody associates my dad with obviously doing Carolina, but you know, one of my best friends is I was an assistant football coach at NC State when I was in middle school, and I'm back in that area now. And, and Dave Dorn and Kevin Keats, who are the football and basketball coach, and Elliot Avent, the baseball coaches, mm-hmm. one of my very good friends. So, oh wow, uh, my mom laughs now because she goes, "All these people in NC State like you," and I go, well, "Mom, they didn't like Dad. They like me." I mean, you know, they, so it's it's good. We have fun. And, with and your dad, a Hall of Famer in his own right, yeah, so a, le- a, a legend up there. Yeah, he had a remarkable career. We were we were very blessed to, as a family to grow up with my dad working at Carolina, and uh, you know, he he took the Carolina opportunity in 1971. The same guy that hired me at Georgia Tech hired my dad at Carolina wow. and Homer Rice, um, but my dad left the Chesley television package of the ACC. My dad was doing ACC basketball on television when he was offered the Carolina job. Wow. And just kind of shows you the lure of radio. Even back in the early 1970s, my dad kind of, you know, was a sports anchor at a television station in Greensboro and later in Raleigh. And then ultimately went to work full time on the Carolina property in 1981. And then, you know, stayed till uh, he retired 30 years later in 2011. So hopefully this isn't too personal. Uh, but so did, did you, did you follow, I mean, was it, uh, maybe growing up, did you, I mean, cause like in, you know, in Atlanta, I mean, hell, everybody knows who you are, right? I mean, whether they see you or hear you, they, they know, they know who you are. So, and, and not just Atlanta, but I, you'd be nation- surprised now. I, it's not until I say something <laughs> that people would go, oh, now, how do I know that voice or something like that? I mean, right. people just see me sometimes they really don't know who it is. And that's actually my friends think that's pretty funny that it's only when I talk or something that somebody goes, now, wait a second. Are you the guy that does the Falcon? <laughs> I, I know you, I know you from somewhere. Yeah, that's it. You got it. Uh, so did, did you, uh, like, did you know what you were going to do or did you know what you were going to try to do? Uh, I, you've uh, done it, so, but did, did you, I mean, was your dad a role model and you were heading in that direction oh, yeah. or did it just kind of well, happenstance? We all we get all- here. This industry is awesome because everybody's journey is a little different. Okay. Mm-hmm. We all kind of know what we ultimately want to do, but getting there comes in a lot of variety. Uh, many of us uh, wanted to play sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of us were very good. I mean, one of my best friends in this business is Stan Cotton, who's the longtime voice at Wake Forest. We've known one another since the mid-'80s. Wow. And Stan Cotton was a terrific high school quarterback at Farragut and Knoxville. Hmm. Uh, oh, he played high school football with Bill Bates, who later went on to Tennessee fame, and obviously with the Dallas Cowboys. And Stan and Bill were both recruited quarterbacks, but Stan tore his knee up as a senior in high school. So then, you know, he found a way that he ends up kind of going to the University of Tennessee as a student, and he ends up over at Carson Newman in the games, and that's where our friendship began because Carson Newman used to play Elon. Uh, I guess I got sure. to it. I got to it uh, because I realized I was six feet and 185 pounds at 12. Okay, <laughs> and I was going to play basketball. I mean, I love the game, still do. I don't play it because I'm 54, and I know it's an Achilles. Um, anytime I, you know, if somebody said you want to run up and down the floor, I'd like not on purpose. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I got, you know, when I was 14 years old, I was, I was pretty locked in on basketball and I went to some camps and 
you know, and I felt like I was playing up and I realized that I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. In fact, there were guys who later went on to play college basketball, not great levels, but you know, decent levels, division two and smaller college and, and division one. And they were really, really good players. And, and I wasn't, and I thought, you know what? I want to be around sports. I wasn't a great high school student. Um, I was a better college student, but I saw how much my dad loved his job. Mm. And if I'm guilty of anything, it's I fell in love with doing games by watching my dad get ready to do the games. Uh, the preparation to do the broadcast is, and my wife Vicky will tell you, my preparation to do the broadcast is my favorite part of the whole deal. I enjoy the research. I enjoy the preparation, the note cards, the charts, all that stuff. And same applies for the NFL. I mean, when I do Falcon games. So that's how I was drawn to it. And then my dad was smart enough to, to give me two pieces of advice. One, we're going to show you a little bit about what it is. And that happened when I was 15, 16 years old. I got to stand behind him in the football booth at Keenan Stadium in Chapel Hill, stand wow. behind him at Carmichael Auditorium, things like that. But my dad along the way also said, hey, look, if, if you want to get further in this, you're going to have to introduce yourself and you know talk to people. So he encouraged networking. And it's it's the real blessing of my career because – you know, some people that my dad ultimately introduced me to helped guide me along with my dad's influence through college. And when I graduated college, I was very fortunate to land a job and, you know, continue that path. And, you know, I've, I've been extremely blessed um, to be able to do a lot of fantastic events and be a part of a lot of fantastic programs. And at the same time, have lifelong friends who are also doing this and meet coaches who now I have friendships with and, and things of that nature. And, you know, meet people along the way who, you know, are very successful in business through one thing or another, whether it was Georgia Tech or Vanderbilt that I did the games there for three years or mm. now with the Falcons, you know, and the people you get to meet around the National Football League. It's I feel very, very fortunate. Yeah, nice. Um, all right. So hold on back to golf. And I'm sw- okay. we're, we're, we're mixing this up, man. It's like uh, it's like a cocktail, a straight okay. bourbon. Sure. Uh, so what's uh, I don't know if you can share or not. You don't have to. Do, do you play anywhere? You, are you at a club in town? Or I was. You kinda- I, yeah, I used to be originally uh, a member uh, after my wife, Vicky, and I got married in 07. I played at Golf Club of Georgia uh, right up until about the time we got uh, until we decided to move to Cartersville. And so that was about six, seven years at Golf Club of Georgia. Uh, fantastic complex. Jeff Patton was a friend for a long time, still is. My wife, the my wife is actually this. This is kind of the marriage I think every every golfer <laughs> ought to be invested in. My wife was Bruce Hepler's assistant coach for thirteen years at Georgia Tech. Wow, that's where oh, we wow. met as friends, and later we got married. And um, her first recruit was this guy who I think he cashes checks every week. His name's Matt Kuchar. That oh, was their boy. first recruit together <laughs> oh, in nineteen ninety five. So um, Jeff Patton. I got to know at Golf Club of Georgia, developed some great friendships out there with a variety of people. And then when we moved up here, I played at Cartersville Country Club uh, for four or for three years and then uh, at Pine Tree for one. Uh, and then it just so happened that last summer I was going to relocate to Charlotte to do the show for the ACC Network. So I gave up my membership at Pine Tree and Brad Nykam was sensational and they, they couldn't have been better people out there. And when I came back in March, I thought, well, you know, I'll be here 90 days and then we'll go back to Charlotte and actually had some interest in, in trying to find a place in Charlotte to play. And then I found some of my old friends from the Carsville Country Club and we play a spot on Saturday and a spot on Sunday. And then with some, every once in a while, we'll rotate and go somewhere else. And 
I play enough golf now that I found kind of a rhythm to it for the time sure. being. And if I'm going to be here longer term, then I'll probably rejoin someplace. But, you know, it's given me a chance to not be a member so you don't feel that, you know, leverage to say, okay, I got to go yeah. play here because I'm paying the dues. But I've been able to, to go to North Carolina a couple times and play with my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, been able to obviously play here extensively uh, during the pandemic. And it's uh, it's actually worked out pretty good. But um, it's funny because Vicky and I were talking. If I end up here long term, she knows that she knows that's going to draw me back to someplace. And the people at Pine Tree were sensational. I, again, that's a really good golf course, too. And it was a hard – it's a hard joker now. Mm. Um, and by the time I had to go to Charlotte was when I was kind of figuring it out. So uh, I'm yeah. excited to be back in the community and playing golf somewhere, hopefully, in the near future. I haven't had a chance to play Pine Tree, but uh, looking forward to that one day. Ooh. So so have you got a uh, – you got a top three in it. I won't give you a – don't give me a one, but if you got three – you like and and maybe not private they could be private but um, probably most of our listeners are uh you know they're bouncing around from uh, you know clubs you can get into so you know cal dan i'll be honest with you i think the secret in in where we live in georgia and northwest georgia in particular now that i've been up this way since 2015 is uh there's some small community golf courses that are really really good i mean we've played uh it's it's now the design itself tee to green is nothing spectacular, but there's a place in Calhoun called Fields Ferry, and they have Bermuda greens. Hmm. And I'm telling you, the Bermuda greens are out of sight wow. at Fields yeah. Ferry. So, and you can you can get on a box and bomb it down the fairway. But again, if you bomb it, then you're getting to the what we talked about earlier. Where's the test of the game? Well, the test of the game is how good are you from 125 to 75, wow. right? Um, and can you knock it around the hole and make a putt? And the greens are are tough. We have played at Stonebridge a lot this summer, and I've enjoyed that. So the public golf course, to your point, and Stonebridge has matured very nicely. I played yep. there, I think, nine months after it opened, and now I think it's been open 20-some years, and it's it's matured very nicely. Um, but you played also, Governor's Club yet? I played Governor's Club this year for the first time, and I really enjoyed that, too. I thought yeah. that was a good golf course, and I'd never played there before. It yeah. driven by it, and I thought, man. This is pretty good track. <laughs> yeah, for whatever reason, I guess they're having a tough time keeping members, and they it's it's opened up, right? So now they've got signs mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, uh, um, you got to start on the back. You got to start on ten if you're if you're not a member. But uh, I, that place, man, it, I'm like shut. If that was closer, I mean, that would be uh, that'd be a more regular spot for me. So yeah, and I think that you know the like Dan don't know what I'm talking about here. I played. I grew up at, at McGregor Downs. My parents were members of McGregor Downs and Kerry when I was a kid. And again, my brother benefited from it because I was god awful as a kid <laughs> playing golf. Um, and you know, I go back now, and my brother and I have played. Now I played Old Chatham, which is sensational. Mm-hmm. Love it. It's great. But we played Finley at Carolina, mm-hmm. and Chip Watson is a friend of mine. We grew up basically together. And I know he's involved at Lonnie Pool, and Lonnie Pool's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. again, here here you go with public golf courses, right? Lonnie Pool, Finley, places like that. And the value now to everybody, certainly in the quarantine, has been. By the way, what can you do? Well, you can go play golf. Play golf. You know, and well, it, if you can get a tee time. <laughs> well, there there is the uh, the level of the demands always impressive, isn't it? I mean, you know. People who you didn't think would ever play golf now are trying to find a way to play. And yeah. so good for the sport because I think a lot of younger people are enjoying it. Uh, I've got a buddy here in Carswell has two younger children. Mine are 21. I have twins that are 21. My son has played more golf this summer <laughs> uh, as he gets ready for a senior at Kennesaw because he just – he's 
finally fascinated by, you know, just getting better as a player. So that part's been fun, too. But I've, I've enjoyed the public. Now, you want me to name three in Atlanta, Cal? It doesn't have to be Atlanta. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. Well, okay. If I'm going to give you a top five. All right, here we go. Uh, I played Augusta National, and it's everything oh. you ever think it is, and then some. It's, hey, it's, now, now you're just bragging. No, I mean, you're asking for the five. I'm going to give you the five. It's the greatest 93 of my life, and I put it everything out. Uh, a, a, a 93? That's respectable, sir. A highlight, uh, I'll just say this. Highlight of the day, I got up and down to the Sunday pen at 12 from the back bunker. Good for you. Wow. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, yeah, and part 18 from the pine straw on the right, which Greg Norman couldn't do. <laughs> Lost to Nick Falvin. Um, all right, let's see. Augusta National is, by the way, you have an expectation, and the expectation is sky high, and then you go play it, and your expectation, the delivery is so far above your expectation. Wow. That's, that's what Augusta National is. Wow. Yeah. Um, let's see. Royal County Down in Northern Ireland. This right. is, and again, lived up to the billing. It was a sensational golf experience. Uh, I went to Scotland a couple of years ago, five years, four years ago, in fact, uh, played North Berwick and would go back to North Berwick. If somebody said we're leaving tonight, I'd go get on the plane. <laughs> uh, North Berwick is sensational. The views, everything about it. Um, I had an incredible experience there. I'll never be able to replicate it, so I'm not sure I'll ever go back. Mm, uh, no. It was just it was just amazing. There's a course that backs up to Mirfield that Tom Doak designed. It looks like it's pronounced Renaissance. They pronounce it Renaissance. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's a fantastic golf course. Believe it or not, that would be in my top five. Wow, that's cool. Um, and then the other one is a golf course, well – Two, actually, and I'm going to cheat here. You ask for five, I'm going to give you six. That's all right. Uh, hey, it, it's, it's our show. You can do whatever you want. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and what happens? We get more bourbon. That's right. um, exactly. Wade Hampton and Cashiers. Uh, oh, okay. I love Wade Hampton. Uh, it also helps. I shot 75 at Wade Hampton. I have incredible good vibes about Wade Hampton. <laughs> uh, and then the other one is uh is grandfather mountain in north carolina oh yeah um i've had a blast there i love that golf course i grew up that's almost the first 18 holes i ever played as a kid Mm. was a trip to grandfather mountain with my dad and my dad passed away a couple years ago and when my dad passed away now you know all the memories i have of with my dad are not just doing games when we did games together at carolina and georgia tech but um that uh, we went on golf trips and we went to Ireland in 2005 together. And when we went to Ireland in 2005, we played old head. And I would tell you that old head is view wise. I haven't been in, I've been to Pebble beach and I haven't been to abandoned dunes that after last weekend is definitely on the list. Mm -hmm. Um, But I went to old head and you're going to have to take me someplace to beat old head. Old head is, I, I wouldn't tell people golf course wise. It was basically a bluff in Ireland off the Port of Kinsale that was sodded, and they built the golf course. But I would tell you, you you'd have to go a long way in this world to find a golf course as beautiful as Old Head. Wow! Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah really unbelievable. Uh, yeah, good, good. Uh, thanks for sharing. Speaking of uh, abandoned dunes, yeah, I uh, just added a new. Uh, I'm sure you've still uh, well, you're, you're a Hall of Fame member, so you know it's. Um, what, uh, let's see, uh, Tyler Strafaci? Strafaci, yeah. Strafaci. Yeah, yeah, young man from Florida who uh, is actually going to be on our Packer and Durham show later this week. Oh, cool. Um, 
Yeah, we're excited to have him. That was a phenomenal performance, but I loved how the guy gritted it out because coming down the stretch, he'd find himself in a trash can on two or three holes. <laughs> and then, I mean, he's two up with three to play or three up with four to play or whatever the case is. The Amon Gupta kid bangs two balls into the face of the bunker. I mean, Strafacci lived on the edge seemingly every time. From the time the guy violated the bunker, right, every match seemed like he was finding a way to live on the edge and survive. Sure. And I really expected that, to be honest, because I think mentally, and I've heard, you know, Kuchar talk about this a little bit, you got to find ways in match play to win, but you got to win mentally before you actually win hitting the club. Mm. Strafacci surviving mentally was pretty impressive, I thought. I thought that kid did a phenomenal job of, watching it slip away, and then yet coming back to 18. I mean, the four iron he hit on Sunday is just like, you got to be kidding me, right? Mm. I mean, he he blasted that thing, and I'm thinking to myself, holy smokes, what's he doing? And the next thing you know, he's hit the shot of his life. And, you know, that's that's the way you go about winning those events, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I didn't look. I, I mean, I want to talk about it. I should have looked if I'd have done my homework prior to. I don't wonder what's the what's the school record for uh, for the U.S. amateur. Do you, do you have any? I, I know it's putting you on the spot, so you don't have to answer. But I, I don't I know. know. Georgia Tech became the first school to have back to back champions. That's I right. do know that. Okay. Ogletree a year ago, Strafacci now. Yep. Yep. Um, I thought they said during the broadcast that Osborne was attempting to become the ninth different SMU guy to win the AM. Hmm. Oh, wow. I I may have misinterpreted that. But, um, I mean, Georgia Tech's had Bobby Jones, who won five times, Kuchar, Ogletree, and Strafaci. So, I mean, that's – let's see. That's eight. SMU's had nine guys. None of them probably more. So, that's got to be in the neighborhood. It's got to be close. Yeah. yeah, I've got to imagine that there's somebody who's – yeah, I'm thinking like uh, it's a homework know. assignment, Cal, for next I, I, week's I, I, podcast. I, I, I'm, I'm, wor- I'm working. I'm working on it. What, what time are you coming on? <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. That's good. Um, so, so you're playing a lot uh, here. You're shooting 75. So when we get out there, I get like 10 strokes. So, uh, so that's that sounds good so far. Well, it's a good uh, chance to tell you I didn't shoot. I did shoot 71, but that's that's ooh. the best I've ever played, and I did it this summer. So, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm playing pretty good right now, which is scary because it could all go away. This is also the um, this is the time of the year too where stuff gets in your head because you're thinking about doing games. Mm. And I got to be honest with you, when the games start getting in my head. And if we'd had NFL preseason, you know, we'd have had to work a little harder to get this scheduled. Yeah. And my game would be dwindling. In fact, oh, yeah. this weekend would typically be the last weekend I play. Mm. But because we don't have preseason, what the hell? Let's roll it up for a couple more weekends. But <laughs> take I mean, advantage of it. Yeah, you t- play till Labor Day, essentially. And uh, don't mind if I do. Mm. Um, but yeah, this time of year is when I start drifting mm. and I start thinking yeah. about other things when I'm playing and. You know, I've got no chance, and I'll know when it's coming. And, and I'm going to risk it this weekend because I think I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And my material is, you know, I'm kind of going through a little bit of a transition to get stuff back here. So my material and my files aren't quite in the room, so mm-hmm. I don't see them and mm-hmm. know that it's there. And It's not um, it's lingering, but it's not in front of you, right? Yeah, so. and, and typically this time of year, we would have already done a preseason game or two. Right. It would yeah. be in front of me. I'd know the college schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, you know, we're kind of waiting to see if we're going to have the game. So, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, you can do the daily show prep and things like that, but you can still also find ways to play golf. In fact, you'd be surprised at the number of announcers who wouldn't think about playing golf <laughs> this time of year who are still talking about playing golf because you're just not sure. Yeah. And, uh, and again, to be honest with you, it's, it's, a, 
it's a great release during all this as well. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. A well, lot of that's us a, have fallen into it that way. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, think about your routine. Think about what you're used to doing, you know, and and, and, it, and it's just that, right? I mean, we're all professionals in, in some format and in what right. we do. And I mean, you're kind of, you know, you've got a, you know, you, you've got, you know, it's, it's not a weekly plan or a monthly plan. It's, I mean, you've got an annual plan and you kind of know, you know, here's what my year is going to look like. And it's really, right. you know, to not, not you, me and Dan, I mean, it screwed everybody up, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just, uh, what, what do you do now? And you, try to take it and make the best of it. So, uh, you know, and, and, and I think we're trying to, you know, everybody is, you know, again, to everybody that we've talked about thus far. And, and uh, you know, we, you talked a lot about the P uh, about the bubble earlier mm-hmm. and, you know, the expense that happened with, uh, you know, that the NBA is incurring and then and, you know, what's the NFL and what's college football going to do. And then baseball, you know, they're kind of trying to do something Well, they're doing something right. uh, probably, you know, they're, they're getting around it. Uh, but the PGA, I mean, hats off to the commissioner, man. I mean, that guy, you know, it's, it, I mean, he kind of took the sword and said, I'm going to fall on it uh, in, in my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, he said, we're, we're going to do this. And again, it's, and you know, people say that golf is not a team sport, but if you go and I'm sure you've been behind the ropes and you've seen kind of what goes on at a golf tournament and, mm-hmm. and, you know, you, you, you know, when it's game day, you only see the one guy, well, you see the guy in the caddy, generally speaking, right. If you're watching TV, but if, you know, if you're on site and I mean, there's a team, right. Yeah. I mean, you've oh, got, yeah. You, you've got, you know, potentially, you know, you got Tattersall, you know, coaching you up, and uh, you got a tra- Tattersall training. Yeah. <laughs> no, you got but, a mind I mean, coach, you, you got a swing you, coach, you got the <laughs> the physicist, you got all these cats involved, and oh, by the way, the agents hanging around too yeah. to make sure you got the right it, hat on. It, exactly. And, but well, now, hey man, what if I need, uh, you know, hey my wedge, I, I need a new wedge. Where's the where's where's the where's the tour van at? I need my wedge tuned up. You know, so there there's so many people happening, and what a hell of a job he did. Well, one, I. I think it was, I think it was a, which one of two things it's, I'm going to do, you know, he said, I'm going to, we're going to do this and we're going to keep it tight and we're either going to really, it's going to go really bad or mm-hmm. it's going to go really good. And after the first event coming back, uh, well, I guess the second, I think in Hilton heads where things kind of got a little squirrely, I think uh, San Antonio was, uh, was pretty benign. Uh, but then when they wound up in, you know, Hilton Head, Fort, things Fort Worth, got a little... Fort Worth, Fort Worth was good. Oh, Fort, Fort Worth, R- excuse me. RBC, yeah. JT started saying, hey, I don't like what I'm seeing in the restaurants. And then Travelers, we had to scare. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and, and, yeah. and in all honesty, Dan, that's the point you bring up is the best one. Yeah. Think about what Hilton Head was, yeah. right? I mean, Hilton Head was... People were crowding in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Got hot after the mm-hmm. Hilton Head event, right? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. as a state with the yeah. virus. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the realities of the tour. And I think a little bit, you're going to laugh when I tell you this, a little bit like 18 to 22-year-olds going back to college, everybody's going to realize, well, you can't go and do the things that you thought you could do. you got to treat it differently. And the PGA Tour actually, I thought, was a pretty good lesson for what baseball was going to do. Mm. Yeah. Except, you know, again, some teams got a little squirrely. I think the Cardinals appear to be a little less uh, guilty than the Marlins who just went clubbing. Uh, but the idea of being a part of something and the commitment level to it, I, I can't tell you the number of football coaches I've either heard or we've had on our show talk about the accountability and the responsibility of doing this. And to yeah. your point, Cal, I'll say this. I think what the PGA Tour has done, right, they, they've done a tremendous job. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Jay Monahan has done a great job of not only understanding kind of what the shell had to be, but then also taking the responsibility to say, hey, look, if you'll invest in it with us, with your actions, then we'll return the investment by yeah. giving you an opportunity to make more money. Mm-hmm. And, 
And in essence, that's what they've done. And now they've created the 125. When you go to Wyndham in Greensboro and are able to produce a product like they had on Sunday with so many guys in there, and you have an unknown like Jim Herman. An unknown, oh, Herman, I understand he's 42. Herman, but, Herman who? Yeah, Herman but, who? I mean, the idea that you produce that kind of finish of your regular season it's a statement to the to the way they brought it back, and good for them because I think it helps the sport. I think it helps the sport not only yeah. for people who just play as a as, as leisure or it's their hobby or they like to do it, but it's also inspiring for people who want to do it, you know, at a professional level too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dan and I have talked a lot about this with uh, so take Colin Morikawa that just won the uh, the PGA. Sure. Yeah. And uh, we're, <laughs> I mean, I would Speaking be remiss. Of a shot that changed his life. Mm. Yeah, okay. So, and, and I would be remiss if I didn't bring up Brooks Kepka, and maybe not in a negative way, but definitely not in a positive way. But, you know, <laughs> he was jawing the whole way through the friggin' thing. Right. And, 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 he, and he doesn't back it up, which I think, uh, you know what? Good for him. If you're going to run your mouth, back it up, son. Right. So anyway, so you get, you get to a point, and then, and then you've got Colin that wins, and you've got uh, who was coming at DJ, kind of struggled. And, you know, we've, if you've listened to us, you know, we've, we've made uh, uh, some comments about DJ. We like DJ. Love to see him on the golf course, but uh, it doesn't look like he loves being on the golf course most of the time. <laughs> and, and then you've got, uh, you got Colin that shows up and you know i mean he kind of i wouldn't say he blows him out of the water but he definitely didn't blow up so do you think from so as a broadcaster and talking with athletes and all the fans and you, you're you're right and you've been in the mix of things and and i think that it 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 can help or hurt what do you think it's doing to golf uh professionals the new guys that are not used to the fans versus uh, the, the journeymen's or the veterans that are used to the fans. You, you got any, uh, you got to take on one way or the other on that side. I think you have to be in the media. I think you have to be willing to understand the sport. You just can't, you know, you, you really can't form opinions on 20,000 foot flybys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when majors come around and we get introduced to new guys, right? Like if you don't follow the tour and you, you don't follow golf. You probably don't know who Colin Morikawa is, right? Yep. There. Um, like, you know, let's take let's take Brendan Steele for example. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay, or Kevin Streelman. Good players on the tour, mm. make a lot of money mm. on the tour, right? But they're not the first twenty guys anybody will come up with in a conversation who say, "Well, I really follow golf." Right. Well, you like Brendan Grace? <laughs> who? who? I mean, okay, Scotty so, Scheffler. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, so now the the in depth golfer. Didn't know who Jim Herman was last week either. Nope. Okay, so Jim yeah, Herman. That, that's a fact. Yeah. yeah, that's a fact. I mean, there are a lot of people, well, I follow the tour where you had no clue who Jim Herman was. But what you have to be willing to do in the media is you have to be prepared for the third string guy, and Jim Herman would be the third string guy. In my world, Jim Herman would be the third string running back. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. He would be the guy behind uh, Todd Gurley, mm-hmm. Brian Hill, mm-hmm. whatever sure. in the Falcon lineup. Mm-hmm. So – that's what you have to do when you follow a sport. You have to be willing to accept that the Jim Herman of the world may win a tour event. Now, when it comes to majors and you're expecting the stars to shine, right? Especially still- when they're telling you how much they're going to shine. <laughs> True. But you also have to be willing to let Larry Brown be the Super Bowl MVP. There you go. And I'm not talking about Larry Brown of the Redskins. I'm uh, talking about Larry Brown of the Cowboys. Okay. Right. Who won the Super Bowl because he was the MVP on the interception, right? Of Neil O'Donnell late in the game. You have to be willing to go through that sequence. And that's kind of what Colin Morikawa is. 
Now, Larry Brown got a big free agent deal out of it and you know did something with it in the NFL. Colin Morikawa's got a, a bigger upside, right? Mm-hmm. He's younger. He's got the power game. He's certainly got the personality. Yep. Um, you know, he's got the cow to him and all the stuff in, in, in the West Coast. And I think all that's very valuable. At the same time, you have to understand the sport, from my perspective, is branded around guys who have done a good job with the media, who have also done a good job with their own marketing. Mm. You know, and that's a big part of this. Let's let's don't don't forsake the fact that the media and the marketing and I saw look, Tim Duncan to me is one of the greatest basketball players ever, college or pro. Yeah. But Tim Duncan is likely not going to win a Mount Rushmore of basketball because Tim Duncan was not this guy that craved the marketing or the media. He wasn't the Ricky Fowler of basketball. <laughs> Fair. You don't say anything. You don't say anything. I mean, pound for pound, I think Calvin Johnson's the greatest player in Georgia Tech history. Uh, oh, right? oh, you've been quoted as saying such. Yeah, and I will say such <laughs> for a long time. But Calvin Johnson in the National Football League played for a franchise that made playoff appearances not necessarily every year, occasional, right. and didn't win any playoff games. Yeah. And Calvin Johnson played at Georgia Tech when, you know, people say, well, he could have been at Florida State. He could have. But Calvin Johnson, pound for pound, wasn't a marketing guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Calvin Johnson's biggest marketing was he was on the cover of the Madden game. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, but that does not diminish how important Calvin Johnson was. I think we have to think of the PGA Tour like that. The Mount Rushmore right now does not include Jim Herman, and it might not ever include Jim Herman. But does it include the right guys? It includes the media and the marketing guys. Same thing exists in baseball. How many times do you see something in baseball and it has Mike Trout on it? Yep. I mean, you know, and the, and the Angels, I'm sure they're a fine team. But, you know, are they automatically going to be penciled in to win the but, World no, Series? No, but, but they're still the Angels. <laughs> yeah, but they are. Not, yeah, not, not, neg- not, not negative. No, no. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think you have to think of that when it comes to media dollars and marketing dollars. Yeah. And some guys, you're right. Ricky Fowler's a really good example of it. But And that's okay. Ricky Fowler brings dollars. He does exactly on a smaller scale what Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus and Arnold Palmer did for the PGA Tour. Yep. He drives some dollars for sponsorship. Last time I checked, that's what it's all about. Yep. Well, yep. which I think another reason that the – was able to do what they do. I mean, think about all the other sports and, you know, season ticket holders, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the PGA, they make all their money, not all their money. The majority of their money is coming from sponsors. And it, if one fan doesn't step foot on site or buy a ticket, it's a blip on the PGA's radar or in their bank account. I mean, they, they're, they're not getting money from anything that's happening from ticket sales and concession sales, et cetera. I mean, it's more of a negative impact if somebody has, uh, you know, if something goes sideways, it, it, it's a bigger, it, it diminishes their brand more than, hey, just don't show up, watch it on TV, and we've still got sponsors. Well, Cal and Dan, I'd say this too. The other, the other people that aren't seeing the return that they typically would receive are the charitable organizations that benefit from the tour coming through their communities. I mean, my dad was the honorary chairman of the Wyndham back when it was the GGO in 1977. And I know how much the Wyndham and that event means to the Greensboro JCs mm-hmm. and, and the valuable work they do in that community. Same can be said for any of them, right? I mean, even the East Lake and the Tour Championship, yep. there is a charitable arm to it. And if they're not going to be fans there, that's going to impact in some ways the charitable arm. Yep. And so 
while I think the East Lake Foundation and the, and the project with First Tee and everything they do in this community might not be as impacted typically as it normally would, you still got to think of it, though, as there there is a miss somewhere. And, and the PGA Tour knows that. And I think that's why they've been extra particular to do the Wednesday night challenge thing on Golf Channel that's been well received and things like that, because there is a charitable component there. And yep. again, let's go back and give Jay Monahan credit. Yep. That's a hell of a lot better than the Pro Am, you know, where you're watching Absolutely. Dutch, where you're watching Dutch, who's the VP of service for a corporate giant, you know, Acme, <laughs> mm-hmm. who's going to tee it up. They can go play any. Well, he can go play anywhere he wants with whoever he wants. And I, I mean, yeah, what, right. what a what a hell of an idea that was. It, like, it's almost to the point to where how are they going to get rid of that and go back to a pro am format because yeah. it's uh, you know what what you know again you you got some CEO or CFO that says hey I want to go play golf and it's like well you can do it. But uh, wouldn't you rather give your money over here to our cause for you to go shake hand? You know, we'll let you shake his hand and uh, play the golf course. But uh, isn't this a better cause over here where we yeah, can the actually win- televise? The Wednesday night challenge thing, it's going to be some things, you know, when, when we get in scenarios like this, guys, things germinate. Like, you know, and I've been asked countless times, do I think we'll ever see divisions again in ACC football? I don't know that we will or won't. Mm. But because we had the pandemic, we took the walls down on divisions this year. And same thing with the Wednesday night challenge in the PGA tour. Is that a good idea? Yeah, I actually think it is a pretty good idea. And it's really good to mic those cats. You know, I I think that's one of the other things too. I was actually a little disappointed that didn't take off more than I thought it would. Yeah, me too. Now the open mics have been fairly entertaining at times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Creative Sunday school language every once in a while. It helps. So, uh, you know, but I I do believe there's always a product line that comes out of something like this where, you know, you find a new logic or a new way to advertise or a new way to brand something. And I think the tour is certainly going to benefit from that. Absolutely. Uh, so, Wes, so is Phil Mickelson the uh, the biggest free agent in terms of broadcasting out there these days? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, when he popped up, Dan, it's great you asked that question because uh, my wife and I were watching the PGA when he hopped in the booth that day. And Vicky looked at me and she goes, what is this? I said, I think in my business it's called an audition. Uh, and she said, what? I said, I think this is an audition. And, and let me say this, too. The guy does not miss a trick. Now. No, no. Not a trick. No. He showed up on the booth, in the booth, right? Mm-hmm. After putting the coffee for wellness yeah. on Instagram that morning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, and then shows up with the old coffee for wellness <laughs> cup. He does. Right? Yes. And you can see the, my brother texts me and goes, you can see coffee across the top of the lid. I go, I see that. You know, I mean, the cat does not miss a trick. Oh, that dude God. is slick, man. He's, he is slick. Oh. How many button up missing in Maine shirts? Uh, did they sell because he elected to play four weeks hey, in a button-up polyester shirt? And who in the hell is wearing a button-up on the golf course? <laughs> I mean, somebody, but good Lord. I mean, hey, look, you guys know Harry Arnett. He used to be the VP of marketing with Callaway, who now runs Municipal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Harry, Harry's great line ever. When we told that guy to play the triple track ball, I was like, yeah, how'd that go? He goes, oh, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> and now how many of us want to buy the ball with the stripes on it? There you go. Exactly. There you go. I don't even have to mark my ball anymore, so they're already on there. Exactly. I yeah. mean, come on. Oh, Phil did it. Hell, I, I got no problems. We have theories yeah, behind like, Phil. Cal, do you want to go into him? Do you want to go into him? Because he knows one of the guys. I think he's raising money to give it to. Uh, I do want to go. So let, let's just say uh, – do you want to go match or do you want to go into the match? 
no, I want to go into who he's gambling with down there in Florida. <laughs> oh, you go ahead. Oh, so so Wes, being a, being a Carolina guy, we think he's just trying to raise money because he's got he knows he's got tons of matches against Michael Jordan coming up because he's moving to Florida. Yeah, I heard that. Um, well, now both their daughters are in school on the East Coast. Oh boy, is what I've been told. I know one daughter is at Brown. I think the other one is somewhere else on the East Coast. And uh, actually, I heard that last winter that he was potentially going to relocate to Florida. But I will tell you, knowing pro athletes, they really like Florida. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. the, no, the no state tax thing at certain <laughs> points when you get to a you get to a point in your career, the benefits of living there far outweigh you know staying where you are. Yeah. I think the other thing too is, um, you know, he's done a little bit of design. But let's also be honest, too. The, the TV thing's going to be out there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look, he's a natural. Uh, there's not a lot of, you know, somebody asked me, is he Tony Romo on TV for Nance? Mm-hmm. I, I, he might be. Mm-hmm. But I think, his, I think his presence, I think the dry humor, I think the fact he's got the needle out a little bit, is willing to poke you, mm-hmm. I, I think that helps. I, I think it brings a personality that he has that people have seen. Look, the other thing about it is, there is some love hate with him, and that's a valuable commodity to have when you you get into this. Yep. I mean, from an analyst standpoint, and television's an analyst game, and that's one of the transitions I went through when I left radio full time and went to TV was to understand the value of the analyst. And I've been fortunate to work with some really good ones in football and basketball, and grateful for it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys who do games now as an analyst that I want to work with because I know how good they are. He would be exceptional. Now, it doesn't have to – and that's the other thing, too. I don't want people to think it has to come at the expense of Nick Faldo. It doesn't. Right. Because you saw what happened in the PGA Mm -hmm. on Thursday and Friday when David Duvall worked with Scott Van Pelt. Yep. Yep. Sometimes it's about the broadcast chemistry. Mm -hmm. Yep. And here in Atlanta, Dave Archer and I have been fortunate that we're good friends. We play some golf together every year in the offseason. And, you know, we've developed that kind of relationship. But – David Duvall working at Golf Channel, sitting at the desk doing, you know, live from was not nearly as impactful, I thought, as David Duvall doing the first two rounds of the PGA with Scott Van Pelt. Yeah. And Sean McDonough, who was also excellent. They did ESPN, and I'm not saying this because I work for them. I'd say it whether I didn't work for them. I thought their Thursday Friday was outstanding. I did and too. I thought their chemistry, oh. the personality, all of that was just really, really good. And a lot of the people involved commented about how Duvall showed a lot of personality, maybe more so than they'd seen in the past. Yep. Well, yep. it's imperative as an announcer. If you're a play-by-play guy or you're just part of it, you've got to be willing to try and play the team game across the board. And I'm not saying that Jim doesn't because Jim is fantastic. He's He and Mike Tirico are the voices of American sports at this point. Yep, okay? sure. yep. And that just needs to be recognized. And that's not slighting Joe Buck. Joe does a great job too. But Jim and Mike are the voices of American sports on television. Yep. yep. And I would say this. I think Jim does a great job with Tony Romo. And Jim would do a phenomenal job, does a phenomenal job with Nick, and would do a phenomenal job with Phil if he's put in that role. But remember, the chemistry's got to be right for it to be ultimately very successful. Yeah. Oh, I, I think you'd be hard hard not to have. The only way the chemistry would be bad if it was Phil and Nick. And uh, <laughs> I, I give them like uh, 30 minutes, and they're going to give them two holes, and they're going to be playing behind the booth. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to add something else, Dan. Yeah. Phil moves to Florida, and he wants to start rolling with 23's bread. 
He better bring. He better go to the grocery store and get some more loaves. I'm just why, gonna tell that, you. That's why he's got the sunglasses and, and the new pants and everything. He's he's raising money for 23. I'm, I'm gonna tell you now. You start tangling with 23, and he's got his own joint that Bobby Weed designed. Better be careful now, because I'm gonna tell you, 23. 23 is a stone cold killer on a golf exactly. course. Exactly. There is not one thing that he will not do. That is the most. I mean, you guys watch Last Dance. That okay. cat is competitive now. I, I'm saying, it. at what point does he pull the deed out and set it in the set it in the cart and uh, say, "Hey, what, what do you got to match it? Let's, let's go." I'm telling you, Phil. It'll be one less jet. You get the wrong jet with 23. Oh, oh. my goodness. That's so good. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've kept you for a while. I mean, I can sit out here and drink uh, until I, I don't pass out anymore and I don't get sick. So I'm seasoned. But, uh, well, seasoned. I got to tell you, I, I will say this to you guys. Yeah. Uh, the Instagram stuff you guys do is phenomenal. Thank you. Uh, Cal, I don't know if I need your hole-by-hole update from National every once in a while to Coney, but I was impressed. I was like, you know, I, I, I respect a man when he's not playing well to tell me he's not playing well. I really do. Uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Hey, it's uh, sucker's bet every day. I'm trying to feed you, man. So, uh, all right. Well, hey, note, noted, Wes. Uh, as yeah. a, from, from a pro- professional, I appreciate that. So, noted. Yeah. Uh, it, hey, there is a fast forward button. You can just skip ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. And uh, some of my friends laugh about this. I And I stumbled across you guys' Instagram feed because I was following something else. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, I my brother looked at my Instagram feed when we were playing Tobacco Road. And he said, uh, so what all you got going on here? I said, I don't know. But I, you know, all of a sudden I'm following like every unique boutique golf ball or golf related thing in the country. And Taylor goes, Holy cow, what are you following? I said, Well, I'm following this head cover company called Sneakerhead. I'm following this yeah. golf ball gallery. Mm. I got Low Side, uh, Mike, the guy that runs Low Side. Mm. Uh, he and I have exchanged direct messages. I'll tell you this golf is such a rewarding sport because of the people you meet and the friends you make. I mean, think about it. You and I wouldn't be sitting here talking if I hadn't started following you guys and messaging you while you were playing national that day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, and that's just one of the things I like about the sport. The ambassadorship about it, the fellowship about it, the ultimate friendship that you have. I mean, that's the real blessing to me. And that's part of the reason my dad loved to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My dad loved to play and, and develop friendships from it. And I think it's really one of the things that you know, we need more of in our country in some respect, the friendship right. and the respect level, the honor of the game itself is, is well said. and Everybody knows it. But think about the good times you've had when you play the sport. Well, it made golf you, fun again. Yeah, that's it. You, you, you can count on one hand the bad days you've had. Right. And if you go shoot 91, by God, you had a good time. You had a few laughs, you know, with people that you enjoy being with. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's hard to be bad. And, uh, you know, Dan and I, we've uh, met people like yourself, just like you said, that we wouldn't have had a chance to meet. Uh, and uh, we and we hope to meet you again. Oh, yeah. And uh, and, and, and we and and meet more. Right. I mean, it's uh, I mean, you know, we can see three people on our screen right now. I, I don't know how we'd all be a we wouldn't be able to get a word in edgewise between us, but um, uh, at least you be, you're on here listening. I mean, you're, it's active and it's live. So here we go. It's not live, but we're recording, you know, in, in, in person or virtually as live would be today. So, yeah, it, it, it's awesome to be able to uh, to interact with people that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do. So I'm looking forward to get on the, getting out on the course with you. Yeah. Uh, you, got a, you got a package coming in the mail. So let me know what you think. I'm excited about and, that. Uh, do you have yeah, a, do you have a pick for uh, Northern Trust, uh, Wes? Ooh, 
I yeah, did put I him on the spot. I put him on the spot. I That's did not. Okay. I did not look at the field this week. Um, it's, G- give me, give me, give me, give me the top list. So you got, uh, you got JT Bryson. Well, I got to tell you now, Thomas. Thomas is. I, I'm gonna be candid with you guys. I'm a little worried about Thomas. Okay. I, I mean, in his, I think, in his game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, call me crazy when Morikawa hit the bomb putt to, mm-hmm. you know, extend the playoff. Oh yeah, at uh, at the work day was yep. that work day right? Yeah, it was work day before work day. the memorial. Yep. Yep. Um, and then you know, here's the other thing too: the next week after uh, the memorial, I'm trying to remember who won the memorial. Jason Day, right? Uh, no, John uh, John, Rom. John, Rom. John Rom won, Rom the, won memorial. the memorial, and I kind of thought, ooh, okay. Well, I thought Thomas might be mm-hmm. at the memorial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we haven't seen that rebound, have we? No. Well, really. his putter, his putter's off so bad, man. I mean, yeah. he is not putting worth a shit. The good news is they've just moved to big grass green, so you know, in uh, in Boston. So I, that, mm-hmm. I think that's going to help him a little bit. But you know, again, I mean, shit gets in your head, and it's like, you know, how do you get rid of it? You know, those, hey, you. those ghosts <laughs> start chatting. Like, what are you going to do? Well, and he's got he's got the game to win the whole thing. We all know that. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. he's clearly capable. Uh, I think uh, I will tell you one of the secret stories of the Packer and Durham show is our producer, Drew Brooks, who's a very good player, uh, went to school in Boston uh, at Emerson, but also grew up out in the Southwest in California and Arizona. And he's got the reason I wore the Frank head cover on the show for T-shirt Friday a couple weeks ago. Packer just can't stand the fact they show Tiger every shot. You know, mm. He said they show Tiger hitting it out of the little trash can. <laughs> but, um, but I think at some point, if he's going to make a run, he's going to have to do it in the first couple of stops on the on the playoff. Yeah. I mean, or yeah. else it's just going to be a very docile twenty, and then you know we'll see what he does in November at Augusta. Mm-hmm. I, I think Justin Thomas is fun to watch. Uh, I'm really excited to see Morikawa. Yeah, in I am this too. Event. I, I mean, I think man, he hits it long. Now. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he hits yeah, it long. Dan, Dan's already called it uh, Player of the Year. Is he Morikawa? Is. He is. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you and, win. And I, I, I can't argue with him. You win no, Workday no, and then the PGA, your play of the year. That's it. Yeah. yeah. No, no doubt. And, you know, the I had never really seen Matthew Wolf play until they did the deal at Seminole. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, after you, you know, if your eyes don't, you know, if you don't go blind watching him swing in the setup. Uh, I didn't go blind. I went cross-eyed. Well, I'll tell you now, the, the knee bend and the waist turn. I used to have a buddy that tapped the golf club three times before he hit it, mm. tapped it, and then <laughs> drew it back and then hit it. I thought I got to quit looking at that. Um, Matthew Wolf, I almost have quit watching him too. But yeah. I, I'm uh, I'm going to be interested because I'm not sure you're going to get a household name at the end, but there'll be somebody from that like 35 to 60 range mm-hmm. that will emerge here in the next yeah. couple of weeks. And that to me is the reason that the, the run FedEx is always so fascinating is how that happens. Yep. You think we got a new winner at Augusta, the first time winner at Augusta this year? Being it's in November, and uh, I know it's a on the spot question. It, hey, by the way, this is not scripted. I mean, this is coming straight from the head. First time winner at Augusta. Yeah, November. Danny yeah. Willett. Is that what you're hunting, Cal? You're hunting Danny Willett? <laughs> well, no, no, Dan, Dan, he's our. No, no, but he's talking about how he's the first one. Oh, he, yeah, he won his first well, time. yeah. I mean, yeah. like a, a Pat Reed, yeah. a Sergio. And, yeah. and, and, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying a first, first time major time winner. winner. First time I'm major saying winner. first time major winner. Yeah, yeah, first time major, excuse well, me. Well, the guy who's due at Augusta's Coocher. It's true. It's true. Kucher is so due at Augusta, it's crazy. And the reason is, I mean, it, it, the guys actually had the Sunday lead with six to play. Yeah. 
I mean, you're talking about guys that are due at Augusta, and Matt's never won a major, which is kind of hard to believe the way he cashes checks. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I mean, he won the players. That's close. That's the fifth major. But, but he, he, didn't, he didn't share those checks, but he cashes oh, them. No, we're not oh, going there. See, that's I had to go there. I, no. I couldn't resist. No. no. Um, <laughs> but no, he's right. He's right about Swing, ju- Swing Juice will send you the T-shirt. They can hardly wait. Oh, uh, no. I, don't, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. <laughs> the, uh, the idea of um, – the idea of him winning, I, I would say that if somebody's due to win at Augusta for a first time, that would be him. Yeah. I, I just think he's been close so many times. He knows the golf course. He plays it very well. He plays yeah. it very consistently. And then at this point, I wouldn't back off of Kepka. I think Kepka's got a little bit of football mentality to him, mm-hmm. um, which I appreciate. I like the guy who you know just keeps grinding and competing. I don't mind him popping off either. I think that's kind of good to I have like somebody too. out there that's I a little bit. It's good for the sport, stand. man. It's oh, great. It's, yeah. yeah, it is good. And, yeah. and, you know, the two guys I'm more concerned about at this point would be Thomas and you mentioned the putter. And the other guy, Ron Green Jr. writes about it a lot in the Global Golf Post is, is Spieth. Mm. I think Spieth, the, the Spieth issue is that's a that's a forlorn tale about how difficult it can be sometimes out there. Yeah. That's scary. And, and I mean, to look at the guy, I mean, you know, and, and I'm not comparing, I'm, I'm not going to mention any other names, but I mean, look at other people that are kind of hitting their stride right now and then, sure. and, and look at Spieth and where he was and what he had and, and what he was getting to. And I, I'd like, I don't think anybody can define it. I mean, it, like yeah. nobody, nobody like, like what happened, you know? And I mean, he's tinkering around with his swing a little bit, but I don't think anything too crazy. And, you know, it's like, uh, what, what's going on here? It's, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I do think we got a cat. I think we got a separation of a team, uh, it happens, by the though. end of, by the end of 21, right. But you got, yeah. if, if you tried everything else and it doesn't work, you got to try, I mean, you have to keep going cause you're a professional, you're an athlete and you're the one that's performing, right. And you're right. the one that's doing it. And if everything else hasn't worked out, I mean, you got to keep going down the list. So yeah. yeah, no doubt. And I think that's part of it too. Sometimes it's about the chemistry in the product, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. the product is obviously the caddy and the, and the player. Um, and you know, every once in a while, it's, uh, you know, I've had more players tell me than not the coaching change just gave them a different voice in the room. Yeah. yeah. Right. A different voice in the room sometimes makes all the difference in the world. I've, I've seen that happen way too much in team sports. And I think that it's also not a valuable piece too in golf if it happens. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I didn't sure. mean to derail us. I know we were trying to wrap it up and I, I did want to get your pick or, you know, you said uh, you're, you're concerned well, about JT. Go, don't go to like DraftKings on my pick or anything. Oh, no. No, I didn't give you anything <laughs> oh, no. to build with. Oh, here, no. but, you're good. No, you're good. No, yeah. no, we, we do, we do that. On, we do that on Monday. Yeah. We do that on Monday. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we say, we save Tuesday for the special guest, sir. I, I'm with you, Wes. I picked, uh, Morikawa this week, so that's my guy. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. I, I I picked I picked Webb Simpson. So yeah. ooh, yeah, I know what Carolina boy. I, I mean, Webb is so hot right now. I can't get off of him. So yeah, no, he's he's um, playing great. He has absolutely played lights out. So. Well, I do I do have a last question. Sure. But you, you, okay. you want you you want to drop anything uh, for anybody that's listening uh, where they can find you, <laughs> how they can find you, where they can I'm, see you. Uh, it's up I'm to an you. easy. I'm an easy. Follow on Twitter. It's at West Durham. Same on Instagram. Uh, I, I I went to Instagram because my kids were on it. I wanted to find out what they were doing, <laughs> and they shook me uh, and created that, fake fake Instagram accounts with all their oh, shenanigans. Nice. That'll teach um, you a lesson. <laughs> yeah, it will. Um, but I, I, you know, I kept it, and now uh, because of our work with ACC Network, we do a lot of show promotions and things like that. Uh, every once in a while, on both platforms i'll take people kind of behind the scenes to charts and game prep and things like that that we do 
Um, and we have an orange tabby. We rescued a cat, Clifford, that oh, cool. uh, makes an appearance on my Instagram account from time to time. And I uh, run his Instagram account, too, which is also just nice. as embarrassing as hell. Nice. I saw uh, your garage the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was in my garage and he, I pulled in and he wasn't moving. He didn't give a damn, uh, which is, you know, kind of the way we all ought to be living right now, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I think, like I said, I, I tend to follow a lot of golf. I, I keep it, you know. Every once in a while, you can get too wrapped up in the business side of athletics. I do follow business because, you know, when you, uh, as I tell people, when you're concerned about third and shorts and guys catching the slant route for first downs or are they going to hit the jump shot, it's it's nice to have friends who have been very successful in business who you can bounce things off of. And every once in a while, you learn a lot. Of mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I feel very blessed there, too. But, yeah, Instagram and Twitter and always happy to help where I can and, and when I can with people. Okay. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We do always like to end the show with a final question. And okay. uh, well, okay. so I've had we've had to come up with something on the fly here because you answered the question that we usually ask. We usually ask for GNT or a VNT guy. <laughs> and you said you don't like vodka or gin. Um, uh, if I'm going to have one, I'll have vodka and tonic. Okay. Okay. But he's but a bourbon they're gonna, guy. Well, they're going to be about so, four so, limes behind it. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so, so I've moved on past that because you kind of answered the first. You said you're a bourbon man, which I can respect. That sir. trumps everything. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. but so, but you're a North Carolina man. And in oh North boy. Carolina, and, and, and you, you could go. I mean, I you know where you're going here and you're you, going to get you, the you truth. Could, you, you could talk Alabama, you could talk Tennessee, right. you could go to Texas, you could go. And, and, and I saw, I think the first, um, your first Instagram post, uh, you're kicked back in an easy chair mm. and it says uh, bourbon, barbecue and birdie golf. Oh. It, it, it's a combination of three, three things. So I'm, sure. I'm going back to barbecue as a North Carolina man. Sure. Uh, I'm, I've, I've already got something in my mind. I want you to answer the question. What kind of sauce are you going with? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm Western North Carolina. I'm tomato. Uh, oh, you're a tomato no, guy. See, I'm I not, thought you were going to be a vinegar guy. No, no. See, this is uh, okay. Everybody <laughs> who grows up in North Carolina has a story <laughs> because if you grew up in North Carolina, you know, and I joke around and Dan will know what I mean. Mm-hmm. When you move into the state of North Carolina, you're asked two questions. Carolina, Duke, or Eastern and Western, right, Dan? Yep, that's right. Yep. And if you're if you're an NC State fan, you kind of go, well, I'm an NC State fan, and then they still ask you tomato or vinegar. <laughs> that's true. Eastern or Western. That's true. Well, my grandfather on my mom's side, my mom's father was from uh, Winston-Salem, and I used to spend summers with my grandfather in Winston-Salem. And tell you how old I am, we used to watch the Watergate hearings in the summer. God almighty, how bad was that? Um, <laughs> but my grandfather at the lunch break during the Watergate hearings would put me in the car and say, okay, boy, we're going to Lexington. And that's what we did. We rode to Lexington, North Carolina, and ate barbecue at the Lexington Barbecue Company, which is Lexington Barbecue off Old 85 at Business 52, North Carolina 52. And when we went to the Lexington Barbecue Company, he said, this right here is barbecue. That stuff you get in Raleigh with your aunt, that's not barbecue. <laughs> so from that point on, I became a Western North Carolina barbecue guy. Now, as Dan knows, I went to high school in Apex. Mm-hmm. So I was subjected to Don Murray's. I was subjected to all the barbecue that Eastern North Carolina has. Bill's, Parker's, yep. all of that barbecue yep. going east, yep. right? Yep, yep. I ate it. It was fine. <laughs> 
I wasn't happy. Exactly. There you go. So <laughs> Lexington Barbecue, barbecue. The, the nirvana of mine is Lexington Barbecue Company. There you go. And so when you see the shirt, and I'm going to hold this shirt up, <laughs> there's a shirt in North Carolina that they, says they, tomato and vinegar. That's the one. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I am tomato. There you go. I am Western North Carolina barbecue. Doesn't mean I don't like Eastern North Carolina, but if asked. I'm no, you, well, you got to pick one. You say both. Yep. Well, Dan will tell you, there's some hard lines get drawn on that stuff. That's so true. It's, I'm not nearly as vociferous about it as others. I've actually had people go, no, no, I'm not going there. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> no, you're going there, right? Uh, no, no, we're not going there tonight, apparently, because they're not touching it. So no, yeah. I've had people go the other way. Wes, I can't believe you eat that trash they serve in the West. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, sorry. That's the way I grew up. So mm-hmm. that's the beauty of barbecue in North Carolina, by the so way. So true. So true. Mm. Wes. It's been a pleasure having you on. Cheers, sir. boys. All Thank the you so much Thank for your you, time. Man. Fairways and greens. Hope you make all the putts. There you go. Cheers. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Thank cheers. You. All right. Cheers. Bye.